With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com Senior Editor Katie. Don't call me Susan Atkinson. Uh I like that greeting. Hi, Keith. Hi, Katie. <laughs> My name is not Susan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember all the lyrics. We can't do Whitney. No, we can't. No. <laughs> There's a reason why she was the voice. Yes. Um, well, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we've got a chart chatter about the bevy of debuts in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, including Ariana Grande's new Dangerous Woman, how Fifth Harmony continues to rise on the Billboard Hot 100, and can they go to number one? Movers and debuts from Rihanna, Adele, and Nick Jonas, and how Fifth Harmony and Dirk Spentley's new albums might fare on next week's Billboard 200 albums chart and more. In addition, we've got two, count them, two guest interviews this week. Um, singer-songwriter Ingrid Michaelson stopped by our New York office recently and chatted with Gary Trust about her new single and video, Hell No, which was made completely with Snapchat, while musician and YouTube phenom Sam Shuey. Shuey. See, I knew I was going to get that wrong. Thank you. Also joins us to talk about his new original music and much more. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So what's new in the charts this week, Keith? Oh, you know, a few things. Um, <laughs> actually, there's one thing that isn't new. It's still it's still the same old thing at number it's still, one. Still Drake. Still Drake. Still Drake at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with his Views album. For a fourth week in a row, he simply refused to budge as the album earned another 189,000 equivalent album units in the week ending May 26th, powered largely, actually, by streams of the songs on the album. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't you write something about how this was the longest run at number one for a man in a long time, Keith? In fact, I did. You've been reading You've been reading my stories <laughs> Maybe online. I have. Maybe you have. Maybe I get paid to read your stories. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your gig. Um, in fact, yes. Um Views has the most weeks at number one for an album by a man in over four years uh, since Michael Bublé's Christmas finished a five-week run at number one 
in early January 2012. So, yeah. And, and you, so we say man because, you know, you have things like Taylor Swift and Adele. Who have, yeah, yeah. had a few more than four weeks. You know, or the Frozen soundtrack. Uh-huh. You know, things like that. Um, so because Views is still number one, that means... Sorry, Ariana. Yeah. Um, you're still dangerous. <laughs> but you just... And you and Drake are label mates, so like, yay for your label. <laughs> yeah. Actually, she's probably like, no, not yay for my label right now. I need to have a word with them. Uh, because this wasn't supposed to happen. Because um, I would imagine that. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's probably some lively, lively discussions <laughs> were probably over happening at Republic Records last week. Because um, I'm sure I would imagine that no one was anticipating that Drake Drake's album would hold on as well as it did. Yeah. Um, and you know, she still sold way more copies than he did in terms of just traditional album sales. Mm-hmm. Her album starts with 175,000 units, so you know it's it's not like a super nail biter between her and Drake in terms of total units. Um, but he was still, you know, a good chunk ahead. In terms of just sales, she sold 130,000 copies. He sold well fewer than that. Um, but he just has a huge lead in streams. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry. I streamed One Dance all last week, too. So sorry about that. It's a great song. Well, I'm sure you listened to some Ariana. I did, actually, and I love the new album. I Greedy is my new jam. Oh. It's a great song. So, yes, mm. I also helped Ariana. All right. <laughs> um, meaning, meanwhile, new yes. word, uh, Blake Shelton's If I'm Honest, that was at number three with 170,000 units and 153,000 in traditional album sales. So, as so, it turns out. Top album sales chart. Blake Shelton's number one. Indeed. So Blake Shelton actually has the top selling album of the week. Drake has the most popular album of the week in terms of overall consumption. Ariana's number two on both charts. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> She's still number two. Go number two. Um, so on next week's uh, Billboard 200 chart, uh, Dirk Bentley's new Black album and Fifth Harmony's 727 will be the top debuts, most likely, according to industry forecasters, um, who are saying that the albums could start with around mm, 80,000 and 70,000 units, respectively. Um, However, neither album appears to be posing a threat, at least at the moment, for number one, because, you know, that Drake Drake. album. Drake. (laughs) Have you heard of him? Because Drake. (laughs) Because Drake. Um, His album shouldn't erode too terribly. It could still do well over 100,000, 120,000, so... Looks like top five for Dirks and Fifth Harmony. Um, so, but you know, we'll see. Things can always change in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Um, switching gears over to the Hot 100. Drake. 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 It's the Drake Show. I need a one dance. Yes. Um, holds at number one. One dance holds at number one. I like <laughs> we that. can't just sing it? We can't just sing it. Um, while designers Panda and Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling are non-movers <laughs> at numbers two. That never gets old. At numbers two and three. <laughs> However, just outside the top three is Fifth Harmony's Work From Home, which hits a new peak, climbing five to four, uh, following the song's performance on the May 22nd Billboard Music Award. Uh, yeah, do you think that it could ever climb up to number one, Keith? Well, you know. The harmonizers want to know. The harmonizers. And Katie. And me. <laughs> um, I actually w- I was wondering this, too, and I was talking to Gary Trust about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary, Hot 100 uh, manager Gary Trust. He manages the Hot 100. And, you know, Gary very carefully worded his response to me. He was just like, well, you know, anything is possible. <laughs> um, however... Um, the three songs ahead of Fifth Harmony this week are all, they all have a pretty significant lead. Yeah. Um, 
and Fifth Harmony's bump this week was caused by the Billboard Awards. So that's kind of an unnatural bump. Oh, they will, they will get a bump when their album, like with their album yes. being out as well. Absolutely. And I pointed that out to Gary too. And he's like, that's true. Um, he's like, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to yeah. get past Justin and Panda. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, Mate. and Drake. And Drake. So um, it, it could. But I think there would have to be some, like, sort of miraculous things that would have to happen. I'm sure Fifth Harmony is just happy with this top five situation. Like, yeah. that's – they're doing awesome. But why can't we have more? Um, uh, well, then let's give them more. <laughs> what was the last time a girl group got to number one, actually? Um, I know you're a girl group expert. Well, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> so was it Bootylicious then? It was Bootylicious <laughs> back in 2001. I think it was, Incredible. I say, August 2001. So it's been – Almost 15 years since we've had wow. a one. Wait, Bootylicious came out 15 years ago? Yeah. Every week I'm reminded of how aging. How how youthful we are. <laughs> the process of aging. Um, other movers and shakers on the Hot 100, uh, many of which are actually owed to the Billboard Music Awards. And this is just a You're, you're welcome, artists. Yeah. This is just a handful <laughs> of them because Gary rattled off a whole bunch in his story on mm-hmm. Tuesday. And make sure to check his Chart Moves story that posts, I think, Thursday, where he'll probably recap them all as well. Billboard.com. Billboard.com. Uh, Nick Jonas is closer, featuring Tovlo, zooms 24 to 15 to become his third top 20 charting hit following Jealous and Chains. Of course, he performed closer on the mm-hmm. show. Adele's in My Love to Your New Lover re enters at number 26, thanks to the song's video premiere on the BBMAs. Mm-hmm. And Rihanna's Love on the Brain debuts at number 83. She performed that song on the show. Not well, even a single yet. Not even a single. Great performance. I finally oh. caught up with it a while back after the show, but I finally caught up with it. How was ago. that vocal? It was like so good. It was. It was very. I was very much in my head going. Sign, girl. Yes. Yes. I'm like waving my hand, having no, like you she know. Killed it. She killed moment. it. Um, it's it. It is her 55th chart hit on the Hot 100. Crazy. Yep. Um. So yeah. I mean, we got two interviews. Maybe we should just get to know, those people I know, now. I know. It, se- it seems like we just sort of barreled through everything. But I'm like, we got two interviews this week, yeah. which we're super stoked and, and excited about. So we kind of wanted to devote um, a good third of the show to chart chat. And then the other portions of the show is going to be... Let the famous people talk. Interviews, yeah. <laughs> let, the, let the cool people who are actually charting hits yes. like talk. So our first interview is with Ingrid Michelson. Uh, the singer-songwriter recently stopped by our New York office to chat with the other co-director of Charts, Gary Trust. You know her from hits like The Way I Am and Girls Chase Boys. And now she's got a new single called Hell No, which sports a pretty great music video that was shot entirely with Snapchat. In our interview, she talks about how she made the video using hundreds and hundreds of snaps and additionally talks about how she's co-starring in a new movie called Humor Me with Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords love him. and Elliot Gould. Oh. Um, she actually just finished filming the movie, so it won't be out for quite a long time. Um, and she also talked a little bit about her forthcoming album, which is tentatively scheduled to come out in late August. So here's our little chat with Ingrid Michelson. Am I gonna miss you? Hell no. oh. me up and go. Ingrid Michelson, welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Busy. I just did I just did the, the Hoda and Kathy right. Lee show. That yeah. had to wake you up, right? That was that was early. I've been waking up very early lately though. I've been doing um a, a movie and they those hours are 
quite different from from that of a musician. So you, you are the typical night owl musician. Oh well, yes. I go to bed very late and I wake up very late <laughs> if I can. Well, you know, you on the road you get up around you know noon or one, and then you sound check and you go have lunch and then you walk around the town maybe wherever you are exercise whatever you hair and makeup have your show after your show you do what you do i tend to just have a little something to eat get into my pajamas and go to bed which is unlike most other that's, that's not musicians. very rock star life. no but when you're eating dinner at like 11 things kind of your whole everything gets shifted later so that's i end up true. going to bed around one or two yeah. and then you know everything repeats itself so yeah i'm not good at waking up are you more creative at night? Is that when all the mental I think, uh, creativity comes? I think it's just I, my voice literally doesn't wake up until I've been awake for like six or seven hours. So so sometimes when you have to wake up early and do early morning TV or early morning radio, that's always um, a challenge. Um, but, yeah, I think you just wake up. I think you just kind of everything sort of wake for me wakes up later on in the day. So obviously you're a musician. We'll talk about your new music. But uh, first of all, I wanted to ask, uh, you're making your feature film debut, right? Yes. So um, I met with a man named Sam Hoffman, who is a writer and director. And uh, about three years ago, he wanted me to come read for a role in a movie he had written called Humor Me. And the role is of a musician. So he wanted to cast an actual musician in the role. And I said, yeah, I would love to. And then it just took a really long time to get funding, and it's an indie movie. So three years went by. I kind of forgot about it. And he emails me. He's like, hey, we're finally doing it. uh, I got Jermaine Clemens and Elliot Gould are the two leads. Are you still interested in coming and reading? And I was like, of course, of course. So I went down, I auditioned, and then I got it. And we just shot for the whole shoot for the movie I think is about 23 days and okay. my part was maybe um, 13 days so I wrapped last night at around 12 midnight uh, yeah I finished last night it was really fun it was a really interesting experience for me because I studied musical theater in college but movies are completely different than than live plays right I mean there's just editing the editing you know the the very stop and start. Very stop and start. You know, we did the last scene on the second day. So you have to have this emotional connection already that you don't even know this person. And right. um, so it was very interesting for me to kind of figure my way around that world, but uh, really fun and, and really gratifying. So I think the movie's going to be so funny and sweet. I love the script. I think everybody in it is great. So very excited. You feel good about your acting because that had to be very different. Um, you know, I don't. I don't. I think I feel good, but it's for it's so it's so different with music. I, I'm in the studio. I'm in control. I'm singing. I listen to it immediately. Right. I can redo things. With this, I'm not in control. I didn't even know what I looked like on camera. I don't even know what any. I, I don't know. I felt good to me. And everybody seemed happy with it, so I have to just kind of trust other people, which I generally don't do. <laughs> but yeah. Will you watch yourself on camera? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't. I watch and I critique for sure. I don't. You don't necessarily watch and enjoy, um, but I really love the script and I think it's so funny and so it's it's a really like sweet, funny story about a father and a son and. Um, and I just, I'm really excited just to see all the pieces come together because, uh, you know, seeing everything being filmed and uh, it's going to be really fun. Oh, nice. Well, it's not that surprising because your videos have 
sometimes a really cinematic element to them. And let's talk about the new song, Hell No, which is a really interesting video. It's it's the it's the first ever uh, total Snapchat video. Well, it's not the first ever. Somebody reached out to me. I never claimed it was the first ever, but a band made um, made a video with Snapchat videos. Okay. So they reached out to me a little bit angry that I'd stolen their idea, except I hadn't seen the video yet. So I was like, so no. So to you, it was the first. I, for me, it was the first. But I, I never, but I never said that because you know, in this day and age, it's, you're never the first. Right. So, um, but I just had fun with it. I, I, I love using. You know, when when my manager was like, I think you should get on Snapchat. I was like, I can't do any other social media. I said. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I was like, that's enough. I can't, I can't. And then I got on it and I realized it's actually my favorite. You just, it's just so silly and fun. And I'm not good at self-promotion. I don't enjoy that. But if you can self-promote yourself by taking a picture and you look like a dog or (laughs) you look like somebody with a really skinny top head and a huge you know chin and or you're crying or you look like a tiger i mean these are such silly whimsical ways of connecting to people right um and and it's very self-deprecating in a way and i don't i don't use the filter that makes you look prettier i mean that's just ridiculous because they have the one that like slims your face and (laughs) makes your nose skinnier and, and it's kind of bizarre looking i use it just to make yourself look ridiculous and it's fun and fun way to connect with people and so i thought what a great idea to just kind of edit all these different lens they call them the face lenses just to edit them all together in a really cool way that matches the tone of the song and with great edits and so i over the course of about three weeks i would just some you can see like i'm literally in bed for some of them like i'm on my back and you can see there's a pillow behind me or then if i was doing an interview in full makeup i would do a few or if i was in the studio (laughs) And um, I got together with uh, my friend who's an editor and a director, and I had labeled all of my, like, 350 snaps because they're only 10 seconds long. Right. So I had to do – I couldn't uh, – For do a three the, and a half minute for, song. Yes. I had to just keep doing more and more to get every single part of the song and get <laughs> multiple, you know, different options. So I had over 350, and I labeled them all so I knew this is the chorus, this is the verse, this is the pre-chorus, this is the bridge. And it – took us about three hours just to edit the whole thing together and that was it yeah Yeah. it was really fun it doesn't really match the song right because it's a kind of a sassy breakup song well yeah it's a sassy breakup song um but i i hated the idea of trying to make a sassy breakup song video that makes me want to vomit a little bit because (laughs) i mean everybody does that it's just yeah it's like come on how many times do you need to see a girl dressed in like leather, you know, walking down a road or a building or like a chain link fence? Like, I don't need to be that girl. No one needs to see that. So I wanted to keep it true to what I enjoy doing and, and keep it true to myself. And so I thought I don't take myself all that seriously and I like to have fun. And so it, it, to me, it fits. But yeah, it, and it, it, there are some ties to the lyrics if you look at the. All, all 350 snaps. Yeah, no, there are there are, there are some ties. Like all right. If I'm crying and the if it says crying in the lyrics, usually I'll choose the crying girl. And I, I just kept focusing on on all the shots with where the noses were really big. And well, the she's cheeks, the lead those character. Are just the funny ones. She's the lead character. Her name is Beth. Okay. I'm giving her a name. 
Yeah, she's the one with the big nose is my favorite one because I feel like she really is a real person. Right. So I kind of made her have a bit of a story arc where she starts off really sad and then in the middle she has this revelation like, no, I'm going to be okay. And then in the end she's all dressed up with makeup on and her hair is done and stuff. People didn't really notice notice the story arc, but it, it is there. I, w- I will watch it yes, again more, there more is seriously. Substance. <laughs> and this is kind of another, would you say, empowerment song? It's that sort of a theme from The Way I Am, starting yeah. with your first big hit. That's uh, you're trying to make people feel good with your music. I think I think a lot of times I end up trying to make myself feel good, and then it turns into making other people feel good. Um, I think a lot of times writers write to sort of connect what they're feeling to what other people are feeling. So. Um, while the song isn't about a specific breakup, it's it's basically I've kind of mushed together like five different relationships into this one song. And um, I like the idea. I just picture all these people in the audience cathartically singing along and having a voice and having a song to sing that makes them feel better because I love when I have a song like that where you're just like oh my god this is what I'm feeling and I can like scream it with this person and there's a really great connection there and so while yes it's an empowerment song for other people it also is really cathartic and fun to sing for me too and I wrote it with these two great writers out in in Nashville Barry Dean and Luke Laird and they're both big country writers right so um you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, of, of their breakup smushed in there too. Um, and if you if you strip away a lot of the production when we play it as a trio, and we get some three part harmonies in there, it does. You definitely hear the country, the Nashville influence, which is um, something that's on this record a lot because I wrote a lot of songs out there with a is lot that of for writers. The first time you've done that, um, I wrote in Nashville for my last record a lot, but this was the first time that I think I allowed a bit of country influence to infuse the music. Uh, and when I say aloud, I don't mean that I was against it previously. I think I've just been spending a lot of time there and been writing with a lot of country writers and I'm, and I'm enjoying it. So um, there's a, there is that, I would never say it's a country record, but there are the bones. There's some, some stuff there in, in a lot of the songs that, that feels like it has that swing and that sentiment and that heart kind of buried in there somewhere for sure. A new album is coming at the end of August. Ah. I don't have a set date yet, but that's what we're aiming for. Yeah. And touring as well. I, I know you were you're just tweeting about uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Any any <gasps> touring plans, or is that oh, just you fan? That was me tweeting because I was watching Felicity, <laughs> and her song came on in the arms of an angel, which I remember from you know high school or junior high school um yes i am going to be touring not with sarah mclaughlin although i have i toured with her at the lilith fair right a few years ago and she was wonderful we're going to go on tour um in october and november it's going to be a big tour hitting all the major markets and those in between and it's about six weeks uh and ending right before thanksgiving when your movie comes out um the movie i i was told they're attempting to have it done by Sundance, which I believe is February, January. There you go. Ah. So that's what I think that's the goal, you know, but I don't know about movies. I don't know if when things come out when they say that. I don't know. So we're, we're hoping, we're hoping for January. And maybe you're working your way towards an EGOT at this point. You got the music, yeah, you right. got the acting. <laughs> it's going to start somewhere, right? One can only hope, <laughs> or at least a G. 
<laughs> Ingrid Michelson, thank you so much for coming on the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thanks. If you are chilly, here, take my sweater. Your head is aching. Thanks again to Ingrid Michelson for stopping by the office. Uh, she was lovely, and uh, make sure to check her out on tour later on this year. And uh, make sure to look out for her album that should be coming out hopefully in August. Um, Katie, it is your turn, Katie. I also had an interview recently. You did? Yes, with uh, one Sam Shuey, who is a, a YouTube phenom, a singer-songwriter. Um, many of you who consume YouTube videos like all know about Sam You've Shuey. Probably He's been around. Yes. He's been working on or making videos, uploading uh, music for seven years to YouTube. And he talked all about his latest video, which is a cover of Megan Trainor's No. Um, he talked about the recent announcement where he let his fans, he came out as gay to his fans and also let him know that he was getting married oh, to surprise. fellow YouTube star Casey Brevis. And now he is married. So there's lots of personal news as well. Did they put the wedding on YouTube? They are doing a wedding video and they wrote an original song for it, oh. but it's not yet out. Okay. So look forward to that. And he also has this brand new original single called Secret. Very dancey, upbeat, cool song. And Billboard actually premiered it. And uh, Sam was in our office on Take Your Kids to Work Day. Oh. So he performed for all the, the children of our fellow coworkers. And then he came and chatted with me. So here is our lovely chat with Sam Shuey. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know we had a really cool experience before we walked in here. Yes. Um, it's Take Your Kids to Work Day. Yes. And you got to just perform three songs for an audience of children. I wish I could bring that audience of children with me to every show. <laughs> they were so enthusiastic and cute. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, yeah. It was awesome. adorable, and they <laughs> loved it, and they had a little Q&A session with you. I'll try to do as good an interview as they did of you after. It was incredible how many of them are, like, musicians you know, know. budding musicians it's it's <laughs> awesome to know that yeah the schools are still making them play recorder and <laughs> learn some piano and it's great awesome and um you know uh, many many people around the globe are very familiar with you but for our listeners who might be unfamiliar you've been uploading covers and mashups and original music to youtube since 2009 right yeah wow and um <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how you got started and what kind of inspired you to put your music online like that yeah no when i first started uploading videos on youtube the whole environment Environment of digital music and media was completely different. Yeah. You know, YouTube was relatively new and it was a place where people were uploading cat videos and home videos and there wasn't a ton of musical content and certainly not a lot of produced sort of regular musical yeah. content. And so when I first started with my friend Kurt, we were in college, you know, the idea of putting music online, we didn't have any sense that it would grow into a brand and a platform and all these sort of buzzwords you hear now. It was very much like, oh, here's a new way that people can see the music we're otherwise already doing yeah. let's let's you know have some fun throw some content up there and it's been incredible to watch the platform and watch the whole landscape grow and change into a place where music and media in general that's being put online is so hugely influential and so impactful for you know young creators and musicians to to really have a way to have their music and art heard Absolutely. And, you know, your breakthrough video was uh, your cover of the Glee version of Journeys Don't Stop Believing. Yes. And it was a four-part cover, yes. all you, 
and there were actually four Sams on screen oh, as yeah. well. Um, how did you make that? You mentioned your friend Kurt. Like, were you guys, did you collaborate on that? Um, were you doing the tech side as well as the music side? So, yeah, yeah. when I first started with Kurt, we were both friends. We've been friends forever um, and both happened to go to Yale together. And, yeah, he at first was totally the tech guy. I was the, the singer guy. Okay. And I did acapella in college, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, yeah, for those first couple of videos, you know, I did a lot of the arranging. He did a lot of the, the crazy video stuff, which I think made it go so viral of, like, how did you do that? How are there four of them? Um, but yeah, we, we sort of just... The amazing thing about starting it kind of casually and as this fun thing is that our idea was really just to to experiment and have fun and put stuff out there that, that we wanted to see. Hey, can we can we do that? Yeah. Can we multiply you and do it? And and yeah, and we were so lucky that it kind of took off. And then from there, it was figuring out well, what else can we do and how can we turn this into a thing that people are not just sharing this one video, but coming back and, yeah. and seeing more. Yeah. Well, you've been doing it for seven years, so it, I oh guess Oh my gosh, is that out. how long? <laughs> can we delete that part from the, yeah, the podcast, please? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you're very close in age to the kids yes, that we just yes. saw. Yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> So um, how do you choose those songs that you cover? I know sometimes you put it up to fan suggestion, mm-hmm. but um, do you just pick what you like? How do you choose them? Yeah, I mean, especially at this point, because I've been doing it so long, the main thing in looking for what to cover is something that I think I can add something to and, right. and put a twist on. Because now, especially, there are so many people putting covers online, which is, again, a part of that amazing boom of the digital space that I was talking about. There's, there are so many musicians who are putting music online. And so I think the way to, to still stand out and have your stuff heard is to have an original voice. And so if I'm hearing a song on the radio and I'm like, Oh, that would be really cool. We're about to do a cover of uh, Megan Trainor's no. And we're doing it with all, uh, construction, uh, tools as like the percussion. And so, you know, so like little things like that, where if I can kind of envision a, a new creative take, I'll be like, okay, we'll do that. But in this way, um, and it's such an amazing following the chart so closely because that's not part of my job. Yeah. It's such an amazing like master class in pop music. You know, it's just forced me to deconstruct and reconstruct in my own voice so many songs over the yeah. past seven years. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, that I think I'm I'm just such a better musician for it. Yeah, I was actually wondering when you're deconstructing those pop songs, does that inspire you when you're making your original music? Kind of knowing like how those other songs are made. Totally, totally. When you're forced to to create all of these own your own versions of these things you really figure out what makes them tick and why different songs oh you're like oh okay that little production thing in that song I love that I'm gonna incorporate that into something else and and being a you know a youtuber and a creator who's putting out a video a week has also just been amazing for me learning to produce my own stuff to produce my own videos and these are things where a couple years ago I would have been like I'm a singer that's what I do I'm a pianist whatever um but it's been so great as I've kind of had to okay I have to make a cover of Talk Dirty how did they do that little you know sound in there and then playing around for like make that sound you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know playing around for two hours in Logic to figure out how they do, do exactly that and it's just such a great way to, to learn about what makes pop music tick for sure yeah and obviously the covers and the mashups and all that um, are what made your name mm-hmm. but um, you have a ton of original music and your song Secret actually premiered on Billboard. Yes. Um, Thank you guys. Super fun. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's our pleasure. Upbeat song, dancey song, throwback. Yes. Very cool. Um, you know, what has the, been the fan response to it so far? They have absolutely loved it. I mean, th- that's the incredible thing about building this fan base is that they are so loyal because I get to share with them every day. You know, I'm, I'm 
on social media. I'm posting like you know a video a week, and so they're so super invested and supportive. Um, so especially when I'm coming out with original stuff, they they get so excited. They you know fill my Instagram feed with <laughs> countdowns and everything. And yeah, they've absolutely loved it. I was really excited about this one because this is kind of the first of a, a new chapter of music that has this kind of more synthy throwback vibe. Yeah. So I was really eager for the fans' take on it, and they all seem to be loving it so far. It's super fun to play live in the show, so I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah. It's a cool song, and actually, Thank when you. you played for the kids, um, you did a, an acoustic version yes. of it, which it was hard to imagine it being so stripped down because the beat is such a big part of that mm-hmm. song. It's fabulous. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank so you, thank you. you. Keep doing that too. Yes, <laughs> I will. I'll <laughs> Just try. Keep it up. Um, do you write this new music? Or I do. do you co-write? Yeah. Do, do you write everything? Yeah. So that's Amazing. the crazy, the crazy part about you know, sort of coming from again the, the creator YouTube world is I think a lot of us are very. Very hands on and DIY yeah. to the extent that like it becomes hard to like. Um, so yeah, my my first album was all written by me. I'm uh, and starting to co-produce a lot of the new stuff as well. I co-produced Secret as well, which awesome. was very exciting, and to finally get to have my hands in that part as well yeah. um, was super super cool. So and are you always kind of thinking of song ideas, like constantly writing things down? Oh yeah, I I literally just lost all my cloud data on my iPhone, and it had like 200 voice memos of things oh, no. that are like gone forever. No. So so yeah so this, but to answer your question yes I am oh. I'm always trying to trying to think That's terrifying <laughs> I know I know That's like everybody's Some of them are still here. up in here hopefully but, uh, hopefully um, and actually let your fans in on some personal news recently. Yes. We're sitting in the room right here with your husband yes, Casey Brevis. Casey. Hi Casey. Hi Casey. <laughs> <laughs> And um, how did you kind of decide how you were going to break the news to everybody? Yeah, it's one of those funny things. Like I, when, like I was saying earlier, when I started, the whole landscape was different. Releasing music on YouTube wasn't also being a social media personality right. and a vlogger. And it really has evolved in the past couple of years where I'm now doing vlogs and I'm you know, filming when I'm on tour. And, and that's been so incredible to let fans in on that. Um, but yeah, just because I had never really talked about my really, we've been dating this whole time. Yeah. And, but just because I, at first I was like, that's not even something anyone cares about. Um, I sort of just never, never brought it up. And yeah. then it got to a point where I was like, well, now it's weird because I haven't said anything. <laughs> so I was, I was super excited to finally just let everyone in. Yeah. Um, and they were, sort of like with secret they were so crazy supportive we got like in the like hour after i posted that video on life life, i looked at my instagram tags like a hundred people had made like fan edits of casey and i together it was so adorable (laughs) and i love it and uh yeah it's amazing and casey's an amazing musician too i've done yeah yeah, you've done a lot of work with him before i was actually gonna ask are we gonna see more mashups more duets are you gonna do some more videos with with casey oh for sure for sure we we actually are writing partners as well we're writing a bunch together we just wrote a song that's gonna uh go over our wedding video which we're going to post online oh my god I know. some mushy stuff I but um <laughs> but yeah no you'll definitely be seeing a lot more of him for awesome sure. and um as your career progresses do you kind of see yourself transitioning away at all from the youtube covers or will you always you know provide those for your fans yeah i mean that's something that everyone always asks you know are you trying to escape that digital world right. and i think as we've seen in the past couple of years so much is happening there that if anything the the world of sort of traditional music and digital are colliding and oh, becoming yeah. one entity um so no i definitely the, the idea is not to escape or abandon that at all um obviously more and more original stuff yeah. will be happening um but no i mean the wonderful thing about being this digital personality is that i get to put out content so frequently you know yeah. as opposed to some other artists who have to wait to release a single every 
three months or something. Red tape. Uh, Exactly. I can, you know, if my fans want to hear a version of this or that or an acoustic version of an original, I can set up my camera, bring Jason and Casey over and record something and post it that day. And I think that immediacy is such an important part of music nowadays and what fans expect. So, so yeah, I will continue to obviously do that no matter how crazy big I get. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) And hopefully it's very crazy big. And the secret part of, um, of your next original album then? Yeah. So So I'm going to be releasing, releasing some singles in the coming months, one-offs. And then I'm working with a couple great producers, um, on a, EP slash album, which will be coming out later in the year, which will include all of that stuff on it Very as well. Cool. So I'm so excited for that. <laughs> and what can you tell us about what kind of sound you're going toward? Is Secret like a pretty good tease of what to expect? Mm-hmm. It's very synthy, very throwback, kind of inspired by... Whitney, Cindy Lauper, MJ. The music, <laughs> our the music video. I I wanted all those colored rooms and everything because I was like, I want it to be like dance with somebody. Yeah. So that's that's the goal. That's the throwback kind of vibe I'm going for. Awesome. But of course, with a little a little Sam Shuey thrown in there. So. I love it. And you know, you you mentioned that you have a Megan Trainer No video yes. coming. Yeah, we're filming it tonight, actually. Oh, really? Yes. I was going to yes. ask, like, what you could tease us about what's happening next, but like, that's the thing. That's, that's what you have that's coming. coming. Yeah, there's always a million videos in the pipeline, I'm but sure. that's the one I'm. Fun- we got some like chainsaws and things, and <laughs> I, I I don't know. We'll see. Is it going to be like the Fifth Harmony work from home video? <laughs> a, a, like, little bit, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. That was the inspiration, kind of. So <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, Sam. Thank and you. you need to come back when the album's out, so we can talk all about it. Absolutely. Thank and you thanks so for much. performing today, too. Of course. The kids were amazing. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in advance. I don't want to dance. I don't need your hands all over me. If I want a man. So that was our interview with Sam Shuey. He talked a lot about the uh, the latest video, uh, Megan Trainers No, which when we spoke was not out. But now you can go online and check it out. They used uh, a bunch of construction equipment to do the music for it. It's awesome. Hmm. So everybody go uh, look at that. We We got the inside track, but now everyone can enjoy it. So thank you so much to Sam for stopping by. Cool. Um, I, I was sad that I wasn't there. I don't know. Why wasn't I? You were, I think, out of the country. But we told we told oh. Sam that uh, he's got to come back once the uh, new EP, it's yeah. going to be an EP or an album, comes out. Um, he's delightful. It'll be great to talk with him again. Cool. So don't worry. You'll meet him. Well, I think now it's time for our chart stat of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Hannah Houston's cover of The Police's Every Breath You Take enters the Billboard Hot 100 this week at number 94. Now, Hannah was the third place finisher on the most recent season of The Voice, okay. if you're wondering. Um, did you know this is the first time that a cover of Every Breath You Take has reached the Hot 100? I was surprised by this because I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, come on. Like, that would have certainly... Nope. <laughs> nope. In fact, nope. Um, the police's original version spent eight weeks at number one back in 1983, which was an eternity. Now, that seems like a long time in general, but back in the early 1980s, the chart just didn't turn over that fast. Okay. So, I mean, it did... Sorry. Stepping that back. It did turn over very fast. It was very common for a song to be, like, number one for a week or two, maybe three, and then, you know, quickly depart. For a song to be number one for eight weeks, an eternity. Um, Especially a creepy song about stalking somebody. But it seems like a love song. <laughs> Such a, I mean, but it, it seems so romantic. It seems so romantic. <laughs> so many weddings had every breath you take That's that That's what year. Sting has done many interviews where he's talked about, like, that being a wedding song is just ludicrous. It's like, no <laughs> one is listening to the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Um, the song actually, so the song has effectively been off the chart 
since October 29th, 1983. That was its last week on the chart. So thanks to The Voice and the power of The Voice and, of course, Hannah Houston's own voice, the song is back on the chart um, at number 94. So there's your little chart stat of the week. Yay! All right, we'll be back next week. Um, Do you have any parting words, Katie? Uh, Just, you know. Guess (laughs) not. That's it. That's all I got. You got nothing. Um, Yeah, I have a whole lot of nothing. Whole lot of nothing. Does it feel like we should go out on the police's version of Every Breath You Take? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do that. All right, see you guys next week. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.